Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate? Um, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. We'll, we'll start We'll start it off with the, the biggest, uh, I suppose, news coming out of the NRL today. Trent Barrett has resigned from his position as the Bulldogs head coach, probably about hours before he probably would have been sacked from the mm. board meeting that was taking place. Um, resigned on the Sunday night, apparently, and didn't turn up to things. So Bulldogs without a head coach at this current point. We are expected to make an announcement of the coach within the next 24 to 48 hours hours so it could be yeah. after wednesday now i want to start with a little bit of a joke to light the mood then we'll get into the talking words of trent barrett if we don't announce a coach tomorrow mm. who is naming our squad to take on the tigers on friday no idea no idea but uh it is the reason why we're recording early we thought we'd get our first thoughts out there um and i think um i think andrew voss summed it up uh, perfectly on uh, on Friday night with his commentary. But for me, uh, I don't know, mate. For me, it's sad that we've we've come to this. It's probably, it's definitely the right decision uh, to part ways at this stage. The, we've, we've been talking about the pressure building, but I don't think you could be, you know, over the age of, let's say, 22 and feel good when... A coach loses his job. I, just, I want to start off with, um, first of all, you know, it's, I don't know, it's for Trent Barrett and his family. I'm wishing them all the best. It would have been a difficult weekend for them. Um, mm. You probably can't deny the fact I'm not. I haven't. We'll spectacle when Trent Barrett signed. We originally said that uh, wouldn't have been our choice. If yeah. we were in the position, and you could go back to the podcast and listen to when we said that it wouldn't have been our first choice, we'll, we thought we didn't think you'd, we didn't think he was the right man to lead the Bulldogs forward, um, and it's not a good thing to be right about uh, when someone's livelihood has just mm. been taken away from him. So I want to just start wishing Trent, his family, and those who were impacted from him resigning from the club all the best, and thank mm. him for his efforts because going to say you could probably not doubt that he tried he mm. might not have been right and a lot of the decisions he's made what's came to this but i don't think it's been a lack of effort so you want to think for his i want to thank him for his effort is yeah your time represent the club um but also now when I, now i thank him and wishing him all the best hopefully he lands up on his feet somewhere if it's in rugby league or wherever he goes next hope it's a good move for him but in saying that he after losing against the Knights, I, I think I said it last week, I said I don't think he survives if uh, he loses this game against Newcastle. I think it was just, that was it. I, and then the matter we lost as well. I think Newcastle at, played below par. I think Newcastle, a lot of the players even admitted after the game, they didn't play great, not even great at all, but it was just good to get a win. And we lost to a Knights side who wasn't, who've been playing poor, low on confidence, and played poor on Friday, and they were comfortable winners. So, yeah, everything pointed to a Trent Barrett yeah. exit, exit. So the next thing is now finding a coach, if, if an interim coach, um, for the time being at least, and then finding a permanent coach, which is going to be interesting the next 
months or mm-hmm. weeks, depending on how long it's take going to take for the next person to come in. Yeah, well, we need to get that sorted uh, as soon as possible so we can start sorting out salary cap and players that are wanting to leave and other players that we might be recruiting <coughs> and that sort of thing. Andrew Voss said that on Friday night that um, since the Roosters win, the, the team went backwards in the two games following it. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. pretty pretty full on for Andrew to say during commentary because he's likes to be upbeat and he's very positive most of the time in commentary. If he is being negative, it's more of a joke than anything. So for him to say something like that, um, mm. uh, like that during commentary, I thought was was quite telling and perhaps even a sign of frustration from neutral media personalities of how the team was performing. And I think at the end of the, the end of the day, it's not so much the loss to Newcastle or the loss to Canberra, but the fact that we didn't take off. We didn't, um, and after that performance against the Roosters, um, you don't say that every performance after that has to be as good as that or um, as desperate as that, but you want to see growth from that in the weeks ahead and that to be the, the cornerstone of your season. Um, but to go backwards to be, you know, at a rate of knots to be worse off than we probably almost were at any point of the season, I think that is what has done Trent Barrett in. And uh, I want to second what you said about his his uh, effort and his passion for the club um, and the hard work that he put in. I'm sure he'll find an assistant coach job somewhere um, in the next 12 to 18 months. Um, so, yeah. And he got, he's got a big payout. So, you know, he's not walking... Walking, even though he, he he technically quit, they have given him a, a think it was reported five hundred thousand uh, dollar handshake agreement as well. So he's not lining up at the centre league office anytime soon. Uh, and like I said, I'm sure he'll be back into the assistant coach, uh, a assistant coach role somewhere in yeah 12, 18, 24 months, uh, and he'll you know he'll find another job in rugby league, whether that's Australia, whether that's overseas um you know more there's more spots there's more coaching opportunities uh from next year onwards than there's ever been in rugby league so mm. or, or has been for a long time so you know that that will go there um so probably i'll tell you what though i'm a little bit disappointed in the way the, I don't know how to say this. In a way, it's all played out today, though, as well. So we got a statement from the Bulldogs, members and fans uh, today that said Trent Barrett has stood, uh, has stood down from his role effective immediately. We'd like to thank Trent for all his hard work and effort over the past 18 months in what has been a very difficult time for the club. At this, As this is a challenging time for all parties, the club would like to respect Trent's privacy and wish him all the best for the future. Um... I felt like that statement was a statement saying very little, giving very little detail to its to its members and fans, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, and then obviously everyone's heard Gus's comments today about um, Gus, he wasn't sacked and uh, this is his decision, the pressure got to him um, and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know about you, Scotty, how are you feeling about the way it's been handled? Well, I'm not buying Gus's statements <coughs> at all. I'm not going to buy mm-hmm. it. I, there was an emergency board meeting called for Monday. I think it was on the Saturday. 
caught on Monday with Josh Jackson and Gus invited, and if your reports are correctly, um, they want to please explain for Gus to why Trent Barrett's the right man to lead lead forward, and is he going to be the person to take us out of this mess? Um, yeah. Because they're not. Um, so jumped in before he got fired and got to hold his head up as as he left. But yeah, the club, I don't know, it was broken by Channel 9. I thought the whole weekend, I don't know who's leaking it to the media. Like, I well, just feel... I've, I just feel sorry for Barrett's family on the whole weekend from Saturday. The story started to creep in that, you know, the meeting's happening and this is well, the happening and they reports being invited. There's reports that that's not how it's happened. That's how it's been delivered to the media, that Gus has had a say in it, but they're trying to protect Gus and say it's the board and make it look like it's come over the top. Um, and the other the other sad part about all this was Trent Barrett, uh, the way he found out, having a beer with a mate, um, you know, over commiserating the death of his mate's father. And he saw it come up on the big screen at the at a Port Macquarie club. So that's uh, oh, wow. very sad. That's very sad as well. So, you know, so obviously... Trent's dealing with a few things in his personal life, so hopefully um, him and his family are doing all right with that tragedy that's happened recently as well. Well, I just must say, it's, it kind of reminds me of the Jason Taylor sacking at the West Tigers now, that you say that. Um, Taylor, who went into work on a Tuesday, apparently announced his team. Then media came outside, and he went to see it and said, how do you feel being sacked? And then he got confirmed, confirmed after the fact. He was sacked, it was leaked to the media. Mm. who delivered him the news, told him that he was no longer required of the Tigers, not being told. I think, you know, he could have, um, if that was the case, if that meeting was the case, and if they were generally going to have, actually have a meeting and discuss and see if Trent Brown had any chance of staying, maybe mm. they could have given him a call and said, hey, this is what our plans are on Monday. Try to enjoy your weekend. Um, we want you to come in, or we're going to have these A, B, and C from the board, like, you know, the board and then yeah. the CEO play which Josh Jackson, Phil Gould in. Um and we're gonna have a chat and see what's the best forward and we'll we can make a decision together or we'll yeah. you can bring your best case forward to us and then we'll if it was you leaving we'll give you the option to leave and then we'll make an announcement after. But I hate when people find out on the newspaper on yeah. a, on social media or a mate texting them or a like you said at a pub and hitting the screen oh it wasn't that he was that he was quitting or he was sacked but it was that he was the report that he was under pressure and there was an emergency meeting on monday but yeah still yeah no that's what i mean that's he should have had the phone call for the moment yeah, there, there was thoughts there was thoughts yeah. that the meeting needed to be taken place which yeah. i agree the fact that there had to be a meeting after that game there was especially after mm. the two losses they should have won um i think that's almost a lot of teams would have some sort of meeting at the, not directly to the board level but a meeting to discuss what happened. Um, mm. But he should have been given a phone call because it's his future. And he sh- yeah, should have right. at the very least had a phone call and said, hey, you need to be here at nine or 10 or whatever the, the case where the meeting is held in place. And this is, it's not looking good yeah. for you. And uh, we want to give you the heads up first. And, if, mm. and then if you want to use this as an opportunity to, to leave, we'll make a statement on Monday for you. Or you can make a statement. Whatever way you want to exit, and then yeah. All right. So the the other disappointing part is that um, it was a shock to me to hear the players got sent home. 
arrive at training today. We're playing on Friday night, sent home. They've got tomorrow off because of what's happened. So we're basically, I think, pretty much having a captain's run <laughs> playing the game. Yeah, there'd be only two sessions, uh, really. It wouldn't, yeah, well, yeah, that's if you do two, shows, two sessions. That's if you do two sessions in two days, yeah. But normally you might not uh, hold off day before a game. So who knows? It might just be the one session. Um, so we'll see what happens there. You're right. Uh, and the other thing is, the other thing, so it's weird. I thought it was weird that they're today off and then let um, tomorrow off as well. But Gus is going to sit down with the rest of the coaching team tomorrow at lunch. Not today. Tomorrow at lunch to discuss what's going to happen for the rest of the week. Who's going to be the caretaker coach and all that sort of stuff. So I thought that was that's pretty poor as well. You'd think that would have been... Um, uh, with with what happened, with the news breaking that Barrett quit, you think that uh, still having an emergency board meeting uh, about Barrett's future, that emergency board meeting would be about this week and who the caretaker coach well, yeah. is going to be. Uh, but no, that's happening tomorrow. Yeah. So that, that was a, that's another interesting downside. However, in saying that, the current uh, options... Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, that's ridiculous that... Um, he quit on Sunday, Trent Barrett. Sunday night, he pulled the pin on it. Yeah, well... Or he was getting... Like, he was... He was I, reckon there was a, I reckon there was a phone call between Barrett and Gus on Sunday night where they've come to that conclusion, but I reckon he probably hasn't officially resigned to this morning. Okay, yeah, but... That's okay, what I he was get, yeah. he, The board had pretty much all intention. If he wasn't... If he didn't quit, he was going to get fired sometime today. If it was... Mm -hmm. Gonna be after lunchtime, or if there was gonna be a chance that they're gonna to listen to his case, or they're gonna say, "Sit here, you're out. You haven't delivered. We're not having it anymore. We we just can't sit here anymore." Um, and this is why A, B, and C why. But if they were having emergency, like you said, an emergency meeting was planned on Monday, so the first mm. case would have been Trent Barrett stays or goes if he wants to fight for his job. Like, mm. go. Then I would have thought the next thing would have been. Who's coaching this week? Like, yeah. who's standing up to the plate? Is it an assistant coach? Have they got a contact of a coach who's not currently in the game who yeah. could so sign for the rest of the year? And they decided, we'll sack you, but we're not going to decide if our assistants are coming in or no, we don't we'll have, have anyone from outside the club. We'll have lunch tomorrow. Now, the other thing is going into a, a game with a relatively short turnaround, um, and we know we're going to have one or two training sessions only, and the coach won't be announced till Tuesday. So, we're pretty much... Wednesday, I even heard. I couldn't hear you. You had your hand over your mouth. Oh, sorry. I said it, I heard potentially Wednesday could be announced to the playing group. Yeah, well, either way, um, we've just thrown this game on Friday night away. Like... Mm. We're not even trying for Friday night. Gus even said something along the lines of, after the meeting tomorrow to find out what's going to happen for the rest of the week, we'll just get through the game on Friday, and then that gives us the weekend to make decisions on the rest of the year. So that tells me, Bulldogs fans, that we're not looking to win this week against one of the teams that are at the bottom of the ladder, against one of the teams that we could... The way we're playing, we could actually, we should actually compete with and go close to winning. Mm -hmm. We're not even going to try by the sounds of things. 
Well, yeah, and then you also add to the not to the title podcast, but who have been relatively good, like beating some top te- two top teams this year. Um, they're carrying. Well, I've heard twelve or thirteen unavailable in the top thirty. Mm. They have a big chunk of their roster who are not available for this game. Who, when you said we should be competing with, this is. I'd be looking at this game as definitely a winnable match prior to not announcing a coach. Like, if we had a coach, this boom, put in today, saying this person's taking over, or your coach will be announced tomorrow morning or whatever, but we know who it is. Coach should, start planning. Al- coach should have been announced today. There's no two ways about it. Somebody should have been announced. Uh, even if they weren't, weren't going to fire Barrett, um, and he's, he's uh, quitting, has come as that much of a surprise, it should have still been announced today. Should have been worked out before 5 p.m., surely. Okay, but the options are for the caretaker coach role for the rest of the year is Craig Sandercock. Um, so, Cup coach, for those who don't know. Trent Barrett lookalike. So, I'm not sure about him. Um, you've just put me off now, my list. Sorry, i got a few, I could say. Yeah, I was going to go in a particular list that was in my head, and then you talked, and I've lost it completely. Um, oh, sorry, Dave, David Furler. David Furler was the next one who um, I'm not too keen on either, to be honest. He wasn't that good when he was in the yeah. NRL. Um, he's probably one of those. He's probably like Trent Barrett at the end of the day, right? Assistant, career assistant coach. Um, so that's not too great. Um the one I would like to see, though, that's been floated around today as a caretaker coach for the rest of the year is Mick Potter, former Daly M winner at the club. Um, he's yeah. coached in the top grade before. He's a, bulldog, a former Bulldog, so he knows what what it should look like uh, for a Bulldogs team to be successful. So as a caretaker coach for the rest of the year, I would prefer Mick Potter. I would like to give it to, I, I would, yeah, I'd like to give it to Mick Potter. As well, that was would be my pick. Um, he's currently coaching the Mounties, who's affiliated with us for at least the end of the to the end of the season. Um, I'd like to give it to Mick Potter, but I'd also, if we're taking time, like I hope he gets a a fair shot at even oh, for the head coach. No, no, no. It'll be one of those situations where the caretaker coach comes in, knowing he's the caretaker coach. Um, just, I guess, like Jim Dimmick, and that we're going to look for somebody else. So that's what. Uh, He's just a bulldog, what... Mick Potter. Yeah, yeah. There's other. He's a bulldog. There's other bulldogs and... that pop out. Somebody that that surprised me that was linked today. Like the obvious ones came out today. Uh, Paul Green and Shane Flanagan mm-hmm. and um, all those John types. Morris. John Morris. That'd be interesting because I thought he was hardly done, harshly done by at the Sharks. Um, I thought he did decent at the Sharks. Um, the coach that surprised me was the connection to Brad Fittler. Apparently, Bulldogs power brokers uh, are interested in Fittler. Uh, it's not known if Fittler wants to coach NRL again um, or if he would agree to be the Bulldogs coach, but that surprised me a bit. Mm. I I think you can't. I don't think one can go Brad Fittler. Like You cannot have a shot and choose... Him, I, I mean, if I was Brad Fittler, I wouldn't even look at the offer of the Bulldogs. I would be contempt doing the Origin because I feel like he's got that for at least another 
You could have almost one or two more points. You could have two back-to-back losses a series, and I he's still prob- think he'd still be the head coach of yeah, the New South Wales. Right. And he's, he's probably got at least he loses three in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. And I don't feel, just the way I think now that the the way the state's going. I'm not talking about Origin, but I feel like it's never going to get to that extreme for a little bit. Yeah, but don't like my words. The, the other thing is that, but um, also he's got a cushy job at nine. Yeah, and the other thing is that. Um, some people are just representative coaches. There's a big difference. Like, Mao Beligo is great. I, I look at Brad Fittler that sort of way as well. Yes. He's great. No. It's great, it's great for that Blues job. And I think one day he might be great for the Kangaroos job if he wants to go down that route. Um, I'm not sure if he'd want to be an NRL coach. Similar to yeah, in the weekend. Billy Slater's the other one too, isn't he? He's coaching the Maroons this year. I don't really imagine ever seeing him be the head coach for the NRL team. No, I just see him some sort of either... But doing a good job at Queensland. Or... Assistant yeah. coach, perhaps, or some sort of attacking coach or back five coach or something. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I could be wrong, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if we'd see Billy, Billy as an NRL coach. So that's interesting. Um, the other thing is the... The other thing you, to add to your point is the energy... That takes like they. I know they they coach three games a year. I understand there's like you know the emerging squads. There's you know they go out and obviously you know watching games and stuff each week and all that like as into start shaping their teams and looking for like replacement players and backups and stuff like that. So I know it's not just the three games a year. However, mm. can they do? you know, the 25 rounds, then if you make finals plus the finals, then you've got like that October-ish off where a few weeks of it is about planning to get back into November mm. where you, you know, if you make the grand final or, you know, you make decent semis, you only got like three weeks off. And then if that, you know, a part of it would still be planning what week one of training looks like and what week two mm. looks like and, you know, so on and so on, where with the Blues, they don't have to worry, you know, if you're coaching reps, you don't have to worry about the conditioning as much like that's done by the clubs, and then you come in and you've got to worry about for that week of prepping. Mm. It would be interesting. I think it would be interesting if um, Fitler did go back to an LRO role, uh, but I don't know whether the Bulldogs would be the right fit. We had Andy Raymond I, on the on the podcast saying that there's three clubs in the LRL that need a a club man as the coach, mainly Brisbane and, and the Bulldogs. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that's the way we need to go. Yeah. Um, again, who who's out there? Well, we've talked about that with Andy. There's not not a lot, unless if one comes from the clouds, unless if mm-hmm. you know Willie Mason applies for head coach or <laughs> Marco Mealy out of nowhere, something like that. Brett Oliver, we joked about. I was. I don't know if that was on the podcast or if that was off. I don't know if that was on podcast or off podcast. I can't remember. I think it's off podcast. So yeah, man, you were joking about. Let's do it. Uh, we love Brett Oliver at this podcast. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's the way it's gone. Yeah, so... Wait, looking at anyone... Like, you, you mentioned a couple. Jim Dimmick's another one who's still... Like, He's at the Gold Coast. At the Gold Coast, um, which I still think would be... I think I said with the Andy Raymond podcast. I don't think he would come back. Um, yeah. Do we just, poach Holbrook? <laughs> We could. Uh, the other one, the other one, Scotty, who um, is not 
connected to the Bulldogs previously, as far as I know, that I would be really interested in is Christian Wolf. Yeah, such a good okay, job. Yeah. Tonga, he's coached Tonga to wins over Australia, New Zealand, and Great Britain. He's coached St Helens to two of the three grand finals in a row. Pretty sure I'm right in saying that. Um, so he's had some big game experience. He's been an NRL assistant coach as well before. Um, so I think that would be a, a real interesting one, actually. Hey, and, and I even heard Steve McNamara be tossed up. Oh, he wanted an NRL job. I, I'd go, personally, I'd go Wolf over McNamara, but um, that's just... Catlin. Well, that's Catlin. It's good for people that don't know and they've been yeah, yeah. making finals and, you know... Friends only te- the, not the were the only team in the Super League until this year, yeah. um, but they, he's doing quite a a good job. France recently, yeah. So, so yeah. Well, there's there's not much more to say really, is there, Scotty? We could sit here and and throw out some of more names based off nothing, <laughs> pretty much at this stage. If I actually here's, here's a bit of fun. If I tossed you a name, yeah, could you give us a yes? You consider it no. <laughs> toss in the bin. Right. For you. Okay. Shane How many Flanagan. Names you got? Oh, I don't know. A couple. Shane, Shane, Flanagan. Shane Flanagan, I'd say no. Um, a lot of people are pointing out that um you know, Nathan Cleary, Ivan Cleary, uh Brad Arthur and Jacob Arthur. I think the big difference between this one is um Nathan Cleary was coming through the Panthers junior ranks when Ivan was there as coach. Uh even though he left and came back. Jacob Arthur was coming through Parramatta reserves while Brad Arthur was the coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and if both of those players sort of forced their way into the top rate squad, um, this would be the first time I think a head coach would sign uh, to a club that has his son already in the top 30. Now, I know Ivan Cleary went from West Tigers to Penrith, and that was the case, but I'm not yeah. counting that because... Ivan was previously at the Panthers with Nathan in the junior system. Yeah, so okay. I'm not counting that. So I think that's it's a very different thing if uh, Shane Flanagan went to coach his son uh, compared to the other two situations because of those reasons. Okay, what about uh, if I? Okay, sorry. Go go. And then the other the other problem is his career at Cronulla came to an end on the back of multiple controversies. I don't think we can afford the risk of our next coach his time ending with the club uh, under controversy, similar to that. Okay, fair, okay. What about if I say John Morris? Yeah, I consider John Morris. I think I said this earlier in this episode, but I thought John Morris was harshly dealt with by Cronulla. It's proven to be the right call because look how well they're doing this year. Uh, But I still think it was a bit harsh on on John. Uh, And he led them to, I think, what, two final series in a row? It's pretty good. Mm. I don't think they were doing too well. Before he, did he take over for playing? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it was um. No, oh, Peter Sharp. No, it was Peter Sharp. Peter yeah, Sharp. so they weren't doing too well after that. So he's got some experience in building a team up from outside the into the finals. So I want to add with John Morris. I think like if we did select someone like John Morris, I don't think he's the next pressure winning coach. And I don't mean that in any disrespect, but I could see John Morris build a certain character for the Bulldogs mm. to use as a platform. Yeah, for the following coach, but who mm. knows? I might be wrong. Uh, maybe he, he could be the next coach, and then he just wins us premierships. You know, mm-hmm. um, if uh, what about if I you said Christian Wool that you, you already spoke yeah. about him that you'd be yeah. interested? Uh, Jim Dibbick, would you, if Jim Dibbick said yes, I'll come back. 
if I was yeah. a head coach, would you give him the call? I would, yeah, definitely. I thought he did a good job as a caretaker coach at the club. A lot of people were upset when uh, we decided to go in a different direction uh, other than offering him the contract. I think the biggest thing with Jim Dimmick would be um, if if he'd want to come back or not after after all that. Yeah, because after... Cause he actually even applied for the job after Des left. And went to Dean Pay. Yeah. Even though Pay did everything to convince him to stay, Jim Dimmick went off to Cronulla. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be interesting look, to see if John Morris came. Jim Dimmick's such a big figure, at, or was a big figure at Canterbury, so if he was to say, yeah, I'd like to go for it, then yeah, definitely. And then if I was to throw out a weird one, because we spoke about the other two, throw out a weird one who's got NRL experience, who's currently New South Cup. Yeah. If you look at a Jason Taylor, to what? Um, I I'm not one of these people that think Jason Taylor shouldn't get another crack. Um, I think he can if he if he proves himself in long grades and all that sort of thing, which he's doing quite well. I think the Bears have only had one or two losses this year. Um, and I think he did pretty well. Uh, Previous seasons as well, where they actually got a season in. Um, I don't know if he's the right fit at the Bulldogs. That would be my only, my only question there. Maybe, yeah, maybe no, Jason just, Taylor just can it. coach this new WA Bears that we're hearing about. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I was just, I was just thinking the most highest profile. This was cup coach who's got NRL experience and a lot of people are not fans of Taylor, but I must say, if you actually look at his win percentage record and take in consideration where teams where he's picked them up from. Yeah. I think he's been better. So, so I was just trying to think outside the square a little bit and think, what about, I'll give you one more. Yeah. This is a name I heard tossed up as a potential option. I don't know. If this was just social media, what about someone like Michael Ennis? Yeah, I don't know if he'd be ready for a head coaching job straight away. Um, only what a oh, year some experience, assistant. assistant coach. So, oh, he did a bit. No, oh, head assistant. I don't know because he's doing yeah, stuff for the Eels now, but he's commentating them. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's doing stuff at Canberra too, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's probably a bit too yeah, soon in Michael Ellis's career, coaching career, to be a, a head coach. Who knows? John Morris did it pretty early, though, so I guess that's, that's a chance. And I suppose the other thing is that the person that gets it is probably somebody who we haven't spoken about <laughs> on this podcast. It'll be somebody uh, that's a chance. Field that comes out of nowhere. Alrighty, we are recording this on a Monday that's night, a so we... So we don't have the team list for this week. Uh, and like you said earlier, we don't even know who the coach is for this week. And from comments from Gus made earlier today, it doesn't look like we even care about even trying to win. But um, that game is happening at 6 o'clock again, third week in a row at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, see what happens there. Um, Two weeks in a row, the bottom. The what? I was going to say two weeks in a row, uh, 15th for 16th Friday to be a kickoff. Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> last week, Bulldogs lost to the Knights 16 
points to six to open Magic Round in what was described by the NRL Bulldogs fans' Twitter account as disgraceful uh, and ultimately led to the end of Trent Barrett's tenure as head coach at the club. We will be giving no points out for this performance, uh, as agreed between you and myself uh, under the new rules that came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, apart from that, do you have anything else to say on well, on anything Bulldogs related, I suppose, before we say goodbye? Um, I was going to say, it made it sound like I was the one who asked, uh, got Barrett's way you made it sound like, because I, I, I did that disgraceful catch, and I don't usually do the um, half-time full-times most of the time, so I got given it this week, and... Um, well, I don't know why you've just dobbed yourself in. I'm happy to the wheel. But it just the way you brought it into it made it sound like I was the one who gave uh it looked like Fugle looked at like Twitter and went, Whoa, they're not wrong. wrong. The fans are wrong. Um that's it. No, um Tell I must what, say it was actually one if, of the if Phil looked at Twitter, I'd probably end up the account would be banned, surely. Yeah, actually probably, yeah. But um I must say Gus I well, interesting what? thing I know, Gus didn't tweet straight after the game. Um mm. Gus usually tweets straight after the games and you know mm. puts a bit of a positive light or this is what we did well in this patch or we did this mm. he didn't and that's when i first thought that you know something was going to happen with trent barrett and i don't know why i just he waited a long time after full time before him mm. tweeted every week he's bringing like you know 10 15 minutes after the game was that tweeting maybe because he was commentating the next game or telling one He's done it before. He's done it before. He's made comments, mm-hmm. tweets before he's gone onto air or. Yeah. Okay. I don't well, know I if he's good. Someone, but... I don't follow him on, on Twitter. Uh... No, I'm just. I just saw it and I was thinking, it's a long time. So I don't know if he knew something was going to happen as well, and he had to yeah. cool down for a bit just before he worry about the Broncos game straight after, um, which was commentating. But the, as the game, oh, that game was wayful. I must say, I'm, I was actually give credit to Trent Barrett, and I actually wrote this down. Because he actually limited, uh, he actually moved Josh Jackson back to the second round. The game started. Josh Jackson he played a little bit of lock, which I thought was good. He put Tevita Penga Jr. at lock, and he actually limited Tevita Penga Jr.'s game time, which I think had to be done in in hopes of firing up, you know, to limit someone's game time just to hope they would lift and say, if I'm only playing 40, 50 minutes a game. I gotta be burning this the same energy that I would be playing 80, so I've got to run harder, tackle harder, and hope for that. So I thought that was worth a shot. Um it didn't pay off because Tavita was almost non existence on the weekend. Yeah. Um and I thought it was worth a shot because I was I was thinking about I've been thinking about it for the last three weeks about limiting his game time or starting him on the bench or something and trying to get him to, to like fur up a bit and get well, involved a little bit more. But not to be. We'll le- yeah, no. we'll leave it at that because um, we're also starting to have some technical yeah. difficulties here. Um, however, hopefully next time we sit down and talk, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll know who the coaches, <laughs> who the caretaker coaches for the rest of the year. And, Would uh, you put your resume down? Yeah, I- I'm available. Um, I'll-, I'll take that payout that Barrett got in six months' time. <laughs> Um, but hopefully, what's fun. happened? Before... Settle for about. What, what's happened before in the past is um, when a coach gets fired, team rallies, players are put on notice. There was news today 
that 12 players could be looking for a new club next year. So uh, who knows, maybe that will fire the boys up and we might be talking about a victory. Uh, but at this stage, it feels very unlikely. Till next time, fans, mm. goodbye.